Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothman back in the chair and it's 2022, January 2022. And Manchester City are top of the league by 10 points. That follows a, an unconvincing but gritty 2-1 win at the library. And the following day, Chelsea and Liverpool pulled off the perfect result for us. And there's lots to talk about. Uh, a sending off, disputed penalties, VAR, skullduggery with a penalty mark, intimidation while celebrating a goal, goal line clearances and a comedian ranting on about City. Well, I've got three comedians with me as well for this week's show. Welcome to David Blakeney. Hi, David. Hi, Nigel. And welcome to Tony Newgrosh. Hi, Tony. Evening, Nigel. And to Stato himself, Paul Denby. Welcome back, Paul. Good evening. Great to be here. Listen, Paul, you, you kick us off. It's been a while since you've been on the show. Good to have you back. Uh, it's what champions do, isn't it? You know, we were second best for most of that game, but we, we got a 2-1 win at the end of it. Spot on. We were second best for most of the game. We didn't play well. Arsenal, to be fair to the team, played well for most of the game, but self-destructed in certain other parts of it. Uh, the sending off clearly was a bit of a self-destruct and they lost their uh, heads a little bit. But I thought we just kept at it. Um, I said with about 80 minutes to go, I'll actually take a draw because I think a draw would have been a fair result. But when the winner went in, I was up on my feet, jumping around like all City supporters. It was superb win. And it is what champions do. They fight to the end. And we know that team in red from the other side of the tracks always used to do that when they were a successful club many years ago. Um, we're doing the same thing now. We, we fight to the end, and um, great to see it go in the net with Rodri as well. It was just a superb uh, end-of-the-game performance that took us there. And the way Rodri ran over to the Arsenal fans was also a little bit um, enjoyable in some ways. Maybe he shouldn't have done it, but I enjoyed it all the same. We, we might come back to that. Um, it was particularly satisfying, wasn't it? Because it was a bit, of a bit of a needle match in parts, Tony, as well. There was a few interesting challenges and, and people surrounding the ref. And so we talked about the sending off as well. But but when you win in sort of in added time like that, it's a particular joy comes with that, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Look, I think if you look at the stats, we committed four fouls in the whole game. So if we're going to apportion blame for needle, et cetera, et cetera, I certainly don't think it should be pointed in City's direction. Yeah, gritty performance. We've been on the end of... Uh, I remember us losing to Chelsea once when they had zero shots on target and we scored an own goal. So we all know what it's like. Nobody likes to lose to a last-minute goal, but it's great when you win that way, isn't it? What was particularly pleasing for you, David? What was uh, Stato and Tony have both accepted the fact that we were second best? It was a gritty performance. What what particularly pleased you about that result? I think the manner of winning a match, of the way we won it, the but more, I think, because we just, not one of us thought we would ever win that game, uh, especially at half time. It was just one of those games, you know what, we'll take a draw. If we can just get out of this with a draw, that's okay. But it was such an important match. And I think what I took out of it is the most exciting end of a game I've seen for a long, long time. 
and for such really what it what transpired to be a critical game as well. So I just think it's just the ending. First time in three years, is it? That we've scored in the eight ninety-fourth minute. Absolutely. Um, can, can we talk about some of the particular um, instances in, within the game? And, and let, let's start at the end, if you like, and you raised it, Stato, I think. So, so Rodri scored at the end where, of course, our City fans were, were stood. Um, and he had a choice to, to make there. He could have carried on and, and just swung left for the City fans or, or taken a right and, and, and done an Adebayor in front of the Arsenal fans. And he took the Adebayor, Adebayor route um, did, did he need to do that? Could could we throw some criticism at him? Was that really necessary? A bit antagonistic? Whilst as a City fan, it was fun to watch and great to, to see him do it. He probably shouldn't have done it. I mean, he got the booking for taking his shirt off, which we all knew he would get, but he did antagonise them. They threw lots of um, plastic bottles on. Uh, terrible, they take so much plastic into the ground. Um, but all the same, he probably should have gone to the City fans but I didn't mind. It was a 94th minute winner, as we said. So great to celebrate and just uh, to piss the Arsenal fans off even more was probably a bit of fun as well. And, and do you think, Tony, it was the fact that there was a bit of needle in that game? Um, I felt there was. It, 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 did that add to it? Was that maybe the reason he did it? you got any thoughts on why he took the, the Adeboyle route rather than the City fans route? I suspect it was just because my wife was navigating, but um, no, good for him. You know, we needed a bit of passion out there and we showed it. That's what champions are made of. You know, we could have rolled over. We could have gone, you know what? We're a bit knackered. You've had a week off. We've had three days. It's not our day, but we rolled up our sleeves and said, we're going to win this, whatever it takes. Thank you very much, Arsenal. Tenth consecutive victory against you. Stop being so bitter. David, quick comment on on the celebration in front of the Arsenal fans, then you can you can take us on to the the, the penalties in inverted commas. Uh, well, it was a heated debate which Andy ran to. It, I listened to it on uh, Talk Sport for quite a while. Personally, I don't think he should have done it, but I think it's a heat at the moment made him. It was almost because they were so hostile, Arsenal fans, the whole way through. I think it was that heat at the moment goes. You know what? I want to celebrate in front of you. It was intentional because it was dead easy just to go left, wasn't it? Not right. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so listen, let, let's move on from that. Let's talk about the penalties. Uh, one wasn't given uh, and the other one was. Um, start with the one that wasn't, first of all. Um, where, where do you sit on that one? Oh, me? Uh, what, the one that wasn't given? Yeah, the one I that asked right, Ed, Edison, Edison. Yeah. I think it was very hard to say one way or the other, because depending on the angle you looked at it, we looked at it in slow motion many times, and it kept looking like, actually, Edison, uh, you know, they they went, they both players appeared to kick each other. I think it was impossible to tell. And, and so it wasn't clear and obvious. And uh, I, I just, you can watch that 100 times, you still will not know whether it was a penalty or not. So I think it's the right decision. Should have gone to the monitor then, shouldn't he? Well, no, he shouldn't have gone to the monitor because you only go to the monitor if they think the ref has made a mistake and a clear and obvious mistake. As far as the goalkeeper, as far as the ref's concerned, he made the right decision. Uh, Tony, 
Um, should have gone to the monitor. Lots of, certainly the Arsenal goalkeeper in his match interview, that's what he wanted to focus on. Others in the press have talked about in inconsistency. Uh, you know, we've got the VAR there. Let's sort of have some consistency here. Where, where, where do you stand I, or sit on this? Well, I think he should worry about his own behaviour rather than anyone else's. Look, for once, VAR worked exactly as it was meant to. Everyone knows the rules. As David's explained, it's there for clear and obvious errors. From some angles, it could have been a penalty. From others, it wasn't. Absolutely, he was not meant to go to the monitor. Don't blame the referee. That's how VAR works. The other one was not one, but two fouls. It was clear and obvious. Job done. So if that bastion of impartiality, Ian Wright even agrees with that on Match of the Day. I just cannot yeah. see what the debate is about, to be honest. Yes, I wouldn't have liked it if I was an Arsenal fan. I'm sure I'd have thought the whole world is against me. But that's exactly how VAR is meant to work. It worked well. End of. Well, Stato, VAR is our saviour. It, it, it's been brought in and we, Tony Newgrosh loves it more than his wife's driving. Yeah, it worked for us on uh, Saturday. Um, it was the right decision on both occasions. Had the referee awarded a penalty to Arsenal for Edison catching uh, the Arsenal player and a penalty would have been awarded, that would not have been overturned either because he would have made his decision and there wasn't a clear and obvious reason to overturn it. Once the referee had made the decision not to award a penalty, there was no evidence to, to counter it. Therefore, no penalty. And the other, the second one was without doubt. I might have blue tinted glass on, but he put a leg out and he pulled his shirt so I'm struggling to see why uh, TNA didn't actually see that in the first instance anyway. But uh, they are, in that occasion, worked for us. Spot well, on. Mr Tierney, of course, uh, sorry, Mr Atwell, rather, I think, rather than Mr Tierney, wasn't it? Mr Atwell was the referee, I think, wasn't he? On, on, on I'll beg your pardon, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so, so Stuart Atwell actually sort of, sort of, sort of waved his hand to, to Bernardo when it first said, get, get on your feet. So do you not, just find you on this. Do, do, do you not think that... It didn't particularly help the referee when there were two disputed penalties where he did go to the monitor for one and not for the other. That doesn't that doesn't necessarily help the referee, does it? Particularly, it, it allows sort of Premier League referees who need to look at their own behaviour. Uh, sorry, Premier League goalkeepers who need to think about their own behaviour. The opportunity to have a bit of a dig, doesn't it, Paul? Oh, but the decisions were correct because it wasn't a clear and obvious error for the Edison incident. Had he actually 100% or 99% say caught the Arsenal player and he'd gone down and uh, referee not spotted it, then you take him to the monitor. But it wasn't a clear and obvious error. Therefore, you don't say, go and have a look at that again. We think you made a mistake. It's that those are the regulations. So, no, I, I don't think he was. It should have been pointed towards the monitor. I think the right decisions were made. And good old Ian Wright as well. I mean, yeah, what a, what a, what a sensible chap. We always rated him as a striker and as a, as a pundit. Absolutely spot on. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, Check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. 
cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. David, there was a, there was a sending off, and, and before that, with, with 97 cameras, why does a player try and scuff up a penalty mark, first of all? I mean, what it just shows the, the mentality just now. What, what was he trying to do there? Well, I've got no idea because that's the most stupid thing I've seen. I mean, it's, I mean, he didn't get actually booked for that particular one. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, actually, I don't think the ref probably saw maybe didn't even see it. But why do that? I mean, it's a bit like, I mean, just back so quickly with Bernardo getting, you know, the, why does any player pull someone's shirt when they're in the box and think they're going to get away with it? Why? I mean, you don't pull, you, you play, you're playing football, you're not playing to get someone's shirt. Same thing with the thing. It is stupidity. This is young players, inexperienced, doing stupid things at the wrong time. And we're, and the rest getting the blame for it all through stupidity. There's just no excuse for it. I, I don't understand why it's such a big issue. And so I think I think it's fair to say, isn't it, Tony, the sending off probably was an issue. As, as David rightly says, he, he wasn't booked for, for scuffing up the penalty mark. It was for dissent, something he said to the referee, and then obviously the, the block on, on Jesus as well. So, I mean, two fairly straightforward um, booking, two bookable offences, and it's the sending off. I don't think there's any argument there, is there, really? You could argue the first one was harsh, but he knew he was on a booking, and then attempting to remove an opponent's head is, in my humble opinion, a booking offence. So he had to go within two minutes, and it's just sheer indiscipline by him, by Xhaka. Not only was he pulling his shirt, he was also wagging his finger at the same time, so he'd obviously thought it all through quite clearly. Just they've only got themselves to blame. Grow up, show some discipline, and stop sulking. So, so why the undisciplined pull? What was it, do you think? Because they were they were ahead, they were they were playing the better football, they were the better side. What, why the undisciplined, do you think? Do, do, do you have a view on that? Well, Arsenal have a reputation, unfortunately, that I think they were the first team on Saturday to reach 100 sendings off, well, only in the Premier League, but it's still in the last 20 years or so, um, 30 years, I guess now. Um, and effectively, they've had 11 players sent off under Arteta as well. So they've clearly got a discipline issue there that they need to sort out. Whether it's because they've got quite a few young players, maybe because they've been on the end of a couple of dubious decisions from their perspective, but they need to get it sorted because they're going to lose more games by having players sent off. And when they're down to 10, facing an 11-man team such as City, you, you're going to struggle. And they did start to struggle once the players sent off. They need to sort it out. Arteta needs to get in there and tell them to sort their discipline out because there's clearly a problem. And just going back to City then, uh, yeah, Tony, sorry, sure. I was just going to add one final point on the penalty. When we talk about consistency, you may recall that Foden was involved in a very similar incident a couple of years ago where the goalkeeper came out, he pushed the ball past him, tripped him, and the penalty wasn't given or overruled by VAR for the same reason. They couldn't definitively say if the goalkeeper had touched the ball. So if the likes of Ramsdale wants consistency, it's there. Exactly the same decision. The only difference is we rolled up our sleeves, scored, and didn't have a player sent off in a fit of peak. So that's the learning point from it all. But there is consistency there, and that's how the rules work. Let's let's focus on City for a second and, and some of the performances, albeit wasn't our finest hour in terms of performance, um, notwithstanding the result, of course. But, but Nathan Ake, I think, stood out for me. And I'm not just referring to his... Excellent goal line clearance, which looked very similar to John Stones' against Liverpool, of course, uh, not that long ago. Um, 
David, your, your, your thoughts on Ake? Would you agree with me that he, that he seems to uh, have kind of taken his opportunity, has had a couple of chances in, in the first team, and he's, he's taken those chances, hasn't he? I think he's improved since he's had got some game time. And I think he played definitely better on Saturday. I haven't got, I haven't got the same confidence in him as the rest of the defence. He's probably my least favourite. I, I don't know. I, I'm. I, I think I like him, but not. I don't feel as confident with him still. Uh, I'm actually prefer Sinchenko at left back, and I don't. He's in, he hasn't convinced me yet that he's better than Sinchenko. Tony, is 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 that fair? I mean, obviously, Sinchenko's albeit a, 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 not, not a natural fullback himself, of course. He's being employed there by Pep most of the time, but he's, uh, he's had much more time in that first team than Ake's had, and, and Ake's just had a, two or three games, and, and I think he's, he's done all right, and particularly on Saturday, I thought he, he looked very good. Yeah, he's done all right. I mean, he's clearly a centre-half covering fullback, and he's perhaps not got the uh, mobility or pace that you would ideally like but no I thought he did very well against Brentford and then he stood up physically he's chipped in with a couple of goals as well and good luck to the lad you know he doesn't he just does an honest shift doesn't cause Pep any problems from what we see and I think he's an excellent squad player so I'm I'm personally very pleased for him and uh, hopefully he'll get a little run in the team he deserves it and Stato when we're going to be playing sort of FA Cup and then, of course, the Champions League and they kick back in again shortly. And, of course, we know that the Premier League games are coming thick and fast as well. But we need a squad. Um, and, and he's one of those players that is going to take his chance when it comes. And I think he has. I agree with you. I mean, I understand people a little bit um, not as confident when he's there. But at the end of the day, he's a fourth-choice centre-back. You're not going to get a Laporte, Stones, Diaz level. I think he is perhaps the next level down. But you can't accommodate four players of that level of quality and keep them all happy. I think Ake is doing a good job when he comes in. Yes, he's occasionally caught out, but that might be lack of game time. The clearance he made the other day when um, Laporte decided he wanted to get on the score sheet was a, was a fantastic clearance. And I, I, good luck to the lad. I think he's doing the best he can. OK, who else stood out for you then, David? Any, anybody else particularly? I, I've mentioned Ake, you, you don't particularly support that. I understand that point of view. And anybody else for you who's, who stood out in, in, the, in the team on, at the weekend? Well, I'm loving Rodri at the moment, to be fair. I think Rodri is... We're all now seeing Rodri for what he is, and he's adapted, but I thought he was very good. Um, up front, no-one particularly stood out. Um, at the back, I still love Laporte and Diaz was. I think Diaz was good and Edison. Every game, you know, I can't underestimate how good Edison is. I think he is. He's so important for us. So I would say Diaz, Edison, Rodri were my three favourites. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think I'd like to just throw one in who sometimes comes in for a bit of criticism, but I think Mara's had a decent game on, on Saturday as well. He, he's taken those penalties. What's happened to us with the penalties this season compared to last season? We, we're scoring them all. Probably shouldn't say that at the moment, but we, we yeah. seem to be putting the ball in the net and Mares is taking most of them and scoring them. But I thought he had a decent game on Saturday compared to some of the other people. Uh, obviously, he's going to be away for a couple of games, so I'm not sure he's going to take him. Um, maybe Tony's wife, can, does she do penalties, Tony, or, or not? 
if there's a pair of shoes in the back of the net, she'll find it. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> Good. What about Alan Davis then? I want to talk about him next. But enough of your wife, Tony. <laughs> um, so to, just to remind people, um, there's a bit of a rant that you may have heard um, on a, on a lesser-known podcast than the Man City show. Um, and, and one of our guests on Twitter earlier today said, racist or sour grapes? I don't know whether you've heard it, Tony, or not, in preparation for tonight, um, and whether you've got a view on that. I did listen. Um, not particularly politically correct. Uh, um, no irony at all in someone whose club plays at the Emirates pouring scorn on the so-called Arab money that's been thrown into our club. Um, yeah, you know, if I hadn't won the league in 20 years, I'd also be a bit bitter if I'd lost 10 consecutive games to a club we used to batter every week. I'd also be disappointed when I've lost to a last-minute goal. But, you know, I like Alan Davis, but keep it funny, not bitter, not just, just a bit unpleasant. And as for his suggestion, we form a, a breakaway league. Well, I think that was been tried quite recently. It didn't, didn't go down so well. So we'll... We'll stick to the Premier League and just win it every year just to rub his nose in it. Thank you very much, Alan. But, um, you know, you're in the League Cup semi-final. Good luck, mate. The, the irony wasn't lost on me when you talked about being politically correct, about your wife's driving and, and shoes in the back of... of <laughs> it certainly wasn't lost on me, but... but, but <laughs> and, uh, Stato, you, you, you raised the point. Your, your thoughts on Alan Davis? So, obviously, um, Tony's talking about sort of stick to comedy, but w was it... Was it actually racist, would you say? Well, clearly you follow people on Twitter and you look at it and you listen to it. It's borderline. Uh, I, some people would say he shouldn't be using terms, and I'm quoting here, so in inverted commas, oil bastard money, not very nice, not politically correct, piss off and go and play back in the desert. Again, its inference is it's all Arab money, therefore disappear, we don't like it. Whereas, of course, as Tony just said, they're sponsored by Emirates uh, as well. So it's the same source of money or very similar source of money. Uh, it's, it was bitter. It left a sour taste when I heard it. Uh, I think Alan Davis as a comedian is OK. When he was in, uh, appearing on television, he's, he's OK. But he's got a bit of a... It's all wrong the way he said that. And it left a little bit of a bitter taste in my mouth when I heard what he said. I didn't like it. I'm leaving David to the end because he spends some of his time in Abu Dhabi, of course, and was there quite recently. So uh, you've been in the desert recently, David. What, how did you? I, I've, I've been in the desert a lot recently. You know what's funny? I can't understand. But when you go to a petrol station now, do they have a Russian pump and then an, and a Dubai pump? And you choose which one to fill up with, do you? Because I'm a bit confused of the difference between Russian oil and uh, Abu Dhabi oil. But maybe that's me getting lost a bit. Um, but <laughs> I, I don't understand why they, you know, they just, it's just bitter, jealous. And, um, and let's face it, when you look at when we talk about money, there's a plenty of other teams spent just as much money recently who are not performing anywhere to the level. So that's really quite derogatory when you think it's the manager like Pep makes such a difference. It's not just the money. So it's a bit ignorant, isn't it? Because you know that they're not—they're not magicians. You're either a good manager or you're not. And you know, look at what's happened at, at Old Trafford. They spent just as much, and they're nowhere near the level we're at. So, 
Yeah, we don't we don't talk about Old Trafford. We we, we don't look that far down the table normally. So so let's not do that this week. Let's not make any exceptions. I, I want to look just below us. And I mentioned that Liverpool and Chelsea played out brilliantly a draw, just the perfect result, of course. People are saying, of course, 10 points ahead, um, halfway through the season, um, it's City's title. I asked this question last week, I guess so I'm going to ask it for the next few weeks, I guess. Where do you sit? Are you willing to say, actually, yeah, this probably is City's title, or are you going to be sitting on the fence, and, or are you actually going to be saying, no way, typical City, so much football to be played? Where, where do you sit, Stato, on this one? I'm a long-term City fan, so it's never wrapped up till we're 10 points clear with three games to go. Um, even if it was nine points clear with a 20-goal difference superiority, I still wouldn't uh, bank it. No, it's it's clearly in our favour. The bookmakers are giving us something like nine to one on, which makes sense. Ten points clear. I'd rather be in our position going into the last part of the season than Liverpool or Chelsea's. It is ours to lose, but if Liverpool win their game in hand and then come and beat us at uh, the Etihad when they play us later in the season, it's only five points. I know it's all ifs and buts. It's looking good, but there's no way I bank it. You going to bank it, David? Not at all. Exactly the same thoughts. We've also got Chelsea at home, and if they come good, we've got tough games to play. No way is this banked at all. But what is in our favour, hopefully, is the amount of games, because Liverpool and Chelsea are backing up games big time, especially Liverpool. That might come into our favour later in, in, in February, March time. Uh, I just hope the fact we we can prove and take advantage of the freshness, and that gives us a slight edge as well. Hopefully, Tony, you want a sort of edge towards City winning this title? I'd put my wife's shoe collection on it. I really would. No, I'm uh, I'm quietly confident. I think the big five and Man United have all got to come to the Etihad. Um, Chelsea and Liverpool have got huge fixture congestion, as David said. They've got players away. It couldn't be set up any better for us. And yes, we can't crack the champagne open just yet, but I am as confident as a City fan can be that we'll do it. And I think we're 12 to 1 on, aren't we? Which is, uh, well, quite generous. But no, listen, we're all delighted. We were playing catch-up for the first few weeks of the season and here we are all of a sudden 10 points clear. So uh, all good. All right, let's look forward to Swindon Town, which is a Friday night, 8 o'clock kickoff. <clears throat> I think it's on the box um, for those that can't get a ticket. Um, David, your thoughts ahead of this? Well, I'm intrigued to see what team we play. I mean, Swindon had a good result last week. I know they're second in League 2, 1-5-2 or whatever. Um, it, it's really what team we play, isn't it? I mean... That's the fast, and that's about the most interesting part of the tie, isn't it? Because I can't think of anything else that'd be interesting. We we did nearly come a cropper, was it last year or the year before when we were about one nil down, about ten minutes to go, and then we just brought the big guns on. So uh, that'd be interesting. Would he want to just wrap it up in the first half an hour, forty minutes, and then bring the youngsters on? That that's the biggest question. So, so Tony, answer that because obviously. David's come on the show and all he's doing is asking questions tonight, which is, which is interesting. <laughs> you, you're taking a slightly different, you're taking a far more politically correct view. Um, That's me. Which is, which is, which is great. Um, so, so what's Pep going to do then? Are, are we going to see a team of youngsters and then he's going to have the big guns on the bench the other way? How many changes, how many youngsters do you see? How, how do you see it? 
Oh, I think he'll play quite a few youngsters, and it's always a, a pleasure to see who's coming through the ranks. It's you know he's got the luxury of we've had five days off before since our last game, so he'll mix it up. Yeah, there'll be a few big guns on the bench, and it's a it's a great third round tie, isn't it? This is what the FA Cup's all around. But I won't be going because the last time I went to Swindon in 1986, I got locked out. Do you know what? I've got a thing about So the last time I went to Swindon, I had my car broken into. Um, my, and you just reminded me that, that my wife and I did some shopping and the boot was full of stuff and we parked on a bit of waste ground with loads of other people and we came back and I could see my boot was kind of swinging open in the wind and so I basically punched a hole right through the lock and just taken the whole lock off and uh, the, the boot was completely emptied so all our shopping was gone. So I don't like Swindon very much. Um, so I hope we smack them 5, 7, 8, 10 nil. Stato, is that likely to happen? Um, I'm likely it's happened at 5, 7, 8 or 10. Um, I've been to Swindon to see City win 3-1. I can't make it this weekend. Uh, I would anticipate quite a few youngsters in the team, but Pep will also sprinkle it with quite a few of the first team as well. He never goes all youngsters. Um, so players like Grealish will get a run out. I hope Walker's ready to play again. Maybe put Fernandinho in there because he's had a week or so off. So it'll be a mixture. Uh, I'd love to see uh, the youngsters give, see what they can do against the Swindon team, who will be really up for it because it's a big game for them. Uh, I'd like to think we can win it reasonably comfortably uh, and I don't have to worry about it after sort of 45 minutes that we're two or three up and the game's to bed. It might not happen that way, but that's what I'm hoping for. Well, before we go, then let's have your score predictions then. Swindon Town, FA Cup third round, um, away. Uh, Stato, your score prediction, please. 3 1 to the Blues. David? Uh, 3 1 as well. Maybe 4, maybe 4 1. If I'm going to have to be different, I'd go for 4 1. So not only can you not answer questions, all you do is copy someone else's answer anyway. So that's no, I realize. You've been consistent. That's fine, David. <laughs> not, not a problem. Thank you. Tony? Mark my words 3 0 to the Boys in Bloom. Amazing. Huge thanks to my three guests, to Stato, Paul Denby, to No Answer, Just Questions, David Blakeney, <laughs> and to the politically correct Tony Newbrosh. This is Nigel Rothband saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all very soon. If you'd like to advertise on or sponsor this show, contact us at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.